I open my heart to this moment, just as it is, with trust in the Tao. I choose joy in harmony of being and to thrive for the good of the whole. Would it be better if I use the uh, sanctuary thing? Is it echoing? It's fine. This is a short prayer or mantra that I say, um, especially when I need to redirect my thoughts. So I have to admit I say it at least once a day, usually more than once a day. It's, I say it when I catch myself in distress or in, in the midst of a drama that has me in the center or uh, when I'm daydreaming you know, about a life and that's not really real or not really here. I bring myself back to the moment. I open myself to this moment just as it is. Because when I'm out daydreaming, of course, I want the moment to be different than it is. So just as it is with trust in the Tao. Now, the Tao is not the Wall Street Tao, by the way. <laughs> it's from Taoism. The Tao, for me, is the, is the word I'm using, I've been using for a little while, which is the word for the grand... Um, Organize the ultimate organizing principle that engages all of life and being beyond my possible knowing, beyond any of our naming, that is here, has been here before any of us, and will be here beyond. That presence, that being, that isness, that um, that is within us and about us and expressed through us and beyond us, the Tao. So it reminds me that I'm neither the center nor am I in control of it all. So it's not all my fault either. <laughs> but that I can be aware of how I am participating. I can be aware of what I'm contributing to the whole in my attitude, in my behavior, in my wishes, in my choices, in the thoughts I hang on to and the ones I let go. So it does call for trust. It calls for trust in an ultimate affirmation of life that we can tap into. It tr it's a trust in some sort of a cosmic connection to all of life, to the circles of motion that are our lives, deeply and eternally present beyond our snags, beyond our distortions, beyond our whatever violations of being we are in. It's trust that there is a wisdom that we can tap into by opening our hearts. Now, it's often hard to open our hearts, but I would imagine, at least for me and I'm sure for some of you, that right now it's, it's a hard time to open our hearts. It's a hard time to become vulnerable with all that is going on with the terror of ISIL that is going on, all the beheadings, gang rapes, with the mass murder of students in, in Mexico still swirling about. I don't know what happened there. And of course this week with the second grand jury decision not to indict 
police officer or a group of police officers, this time for the chokehold death of an unarmed black man, Eric Gardner, was seen on video, deemed a homicide by the coroner's office. We see you, see ourselves, and know that we must take the utmost care and kindness in all things. I can't breathe has become the, the riff this week. I can't breathe, turning into the metaphor of I can't breathe, I can't be, I can't be fully function, I can't freely live, I can't breathe in the way we are with one another. I can't breathe, Living, lifting up images, ways of enforcement, systems of distrust. Breathe in, knowing we are made of all this. And breathe, knowing we are truly blessed because we were born and die soon in a true circle of motion. It's hard to take in some of the circles of motion that we are in. It's hard to look at institutional racism and see where it comes in, see the engine of it still working within us, within our systems. It's hard to look at the distrust of law enforcement and the distrust of those who distrust law enforcement, the circles of motion. It's hard to take in the anger, the hurt, the resentment, the remorse, the shame, the blame, the guilt, the regret, how do we open our hearts to this? First, we must remember that we are connected. We must take this moment and enter into it. It's informed by what has been, but it is not weighted by what has been. There's this trust where you have to just sort of enter in. We have to step into it, even knowing all that's behind there. Create a space and say, I don't know. I don't know. And then we stay there and we say, no more. I don't know, but no more. And what do I need to see? And stay further with our new site, whatever that is, and prepare the ground for transformation. If we give in to our hopelessness, we're just still playing the same game. So we have to have the strength to create room, which there is. There's room beyond our petty dramas and our tragic dramas. There's room beyond all of that to a wisdom. And that comes from opening our hearts. And that's not merely letting it in, but it's, it's, it's a giving over to a larger wisdom of which we are a part. Thich Nhat Hanh, a Vietnamese Buddhist monk, whose lifelong efforts to generate peace and reconciliation moved Martin Luther King Jr. to nominate him for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1967. 
Thich Nhat Hanh knows deep in his bones about anger and sorrow, about despair and exile from Vietnam. He witnessed horrors of violence and destruction that shook him to his core. He rallies himself and spreads peace throughout the world through his work in mindfulness, basically stepping into the moment and saying, oh, well, this, this is what it is, whatever we can see of what it is. And he teaches something called interbeing. Now, that's much like our interdependent web of all existence. Interbeing, the nature of interbeing is an understanding that we are all connected and that we affect one another much like our seventh principle. In order to cultivate a world of equanimity, peace, and justice, we must practice with others principles of living that bring the energy of healing, well-being, and reconciliation to the forefront. Because you are alive, he offers, everything is possible. Because you are alive, Everything is possible. Because we have to just, you know, we have to honor what has happened, but not let it rule over the next step that we can make. When we open our hearts, we get a hint of ourselves as capable of wise, compassionate living. And we know that there is more to learn. And that opening helps us know that there is more to learn, which is part of what makes us wise and compassionate. Some days I need to simply remind myself of the miracle of being. So not to seem like, um, you know, I'm, I'm compulsive. I, I do have a lot of mantras that I say to myself. Here's another one. <laughs> I open my heart to this day, to the wonder of being and the marvel of consciousness, to the beauty of creation and the joy of connection, to the play of many and the finding of one. I open my heart to this day. Each time we awaken from our sleep, whether actual physical slumber or a false way of seeing, we greet a new moment of being. Where we are is already a reality. Where we are going, an unknown creation. Thoughts rush in faster than our breath and can orient us toward the next moment before we are aware of what hit us. A trend of thought can lead us to an attitude that influences our choices and determines our ways and walking. So it is important to look at what we are thinking. What we choose to see, welcome, and believe prepares the ground for our journey of being. What we carry with us, what we pay attention to, what we choose to define prepares the ground for our seeing and believing, for our readiness for what is before us and within us. It's important to find and follow principles of living and relating to guide us and call us to account in this inter being in this interdependent web. Our seven principles and purposes of Unitarian Universalism are guides 
for nourishing the ground for community, nourishing the ground to try and get all of us to thrive, but not only all of us to thrive, all of us to live in the freedom and responsibility of life. They're derived from the wisdom of ages and lived experiences of forming a free faith. One of the many sources of wisdom given our tradition is that of the ministry of Jesus and his mastery of principles of living and relating in the Sermon on the Mount. Though there's been much corruption and abuse of power in the name of institutionalized Christianity, as there has been in the institutionalization of religion in general, Jesus' teachings of peace and reconciliation have resonated through the ages in movements of transformation and liberation for the disempowered. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. The Christian ritual of Advent began last week. It's a four-week period of preparation to celebrate and welcome the birth of Jesus as the Prince of Peace, one whose life teachings can transform a troubled world. Advent is a discipline of readiness, what would be phrased for Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. It's a time to open our hearts and minds to the possibility of holiness in us, amongst us, and expressed through us. The Advent period does not need to be a passive secondary time waiting for someone or something else to break us from our routine. It can be a time to break the illusion of distance from that which is holy and transform it with the power and agency of hope. We can't just feel better about our lives. We need to enliven what we know to be better about our lives. The point of Advent is to develop eyes that see and ears that hear because the signs of Emmanuel are ever around us. They don't just happen at one certain point. They're everywhere. And that's hard to do in cold times when the light of the sun is distant and the shadows of the dark loom, and especially hard in desperate times when despair is breaking our hearts. That's the time when we have to remember there is more. We must make room. We cannot see We cannot hear, we cannot know, except in moments steadily growing and in languages that aren't always sound, but other circles of motion. Tens of thousands of people throughout the nation took to the streets to protest the treatment of Eric Gardner, Michael Brown and others identified in various jurisdictions, marching, chanting, singing, staging, dying. Not always language that is sound, but other circles of motion. One colleague simply changed his Facebook profile picture of himself, African-American UU minister, with tears of anguish running down his face. Moments steadily growing.
Some deem the deaths of Michael Brown and Eric Garner both having broken the law as the wrong examples to wake this country up. I would say that the good news in this is that enough of us in this country have decided to wake up, to go further, to not be okay with the status quo. We're in a time, a vulnerable time, when we can open our hearts and minds to new listening, new learning, to letting go of wrongdoing, and to create the ground for valuing all lives. Advent is about preparing the ground, opening our hearts and minds to the potential of birthing peace and wholeness in our way of living. It's about paying attention to the habits of thoughts and choices in our days, strengthening our ability to summon the full potential of a thriving, loving, joyful, justice-centered life. We are capable of a thriving, loving, joyful, justice-centered life. And justice is about mutual seeing. It's not about self-righteousness. It's about equanimity. It's about all lives mattering. That's what justice is. We can manifest through summoning the wisdom of the cosmos in us, amongst us, and expressed through us. We can manifest what some call Emmanuel, the true holiness of our lives. Unitarian Universalism is a religious principle that seeks to engender an optimistic view of the potential of humankind. Our faith images our future potential primarily in terms of relationship. That's the gift of our species, creating and recreating bonds with ourselves, the earth, and the cosmos. We have the capability to be aware of the beauty in the world and to engage it, to praise the dignity of life known deep in our hearts and activated in our lives. In Unitarian Universalism, the promise of life ever emerges in infinite ways and expressions. There's an ever-present touch of the sacred in each one of us. And each moment welcomes the awareness of the miracle of being alive and full of potential. So though at this moment we may not know all that needs to know to bring about healing brokenness, the brokenness that we feel and that we see, we know we have the potential and not to walk away from that potential to walk into it and trust that something new can arise from it. It takes intention, but we have all that we need to make it work. And there is much that we can do together, much we can learn, much we can foster, much we can mend. May it be done in beauty, in beauty. Amen.